kids, you can go and chase. You can hum. Hello. Ooh. Well. Mm. Good morning, guys. Uh, am I right? I just, all week, I'm just like, God, we need a revival. We need the fire. We need your anointing. We need you to blow and breathe upon us. And, you know, all week, I'm like, oh, am I going this way? Am I going that way? And nothing really strong. And everything that happened today was just prayer and expectancy, having a heart that is prepared prepared, you know, you know, when the, the wise men saw Jesus's star, there was a time, God had a time where something was coming, his son was coming at a specific time, yeah, you know, he, he said there's a specific time coming where my son's coming. And just like we have when the, the day of Pentecost came, there was a specific time. Ugh. You know, there's a specific time for this outpouring. And it's coming. I hear it. I hear it's coming. I am afraid, though, that there's those who might miss out on his outpouring. And that's my heart today, to pour out onto what God wants for everyone. He wants no one to miss out on his pouring out, none to be left. When the fire comes, when the anointing comes, we need to have hearts that are prepared, mountains brought low, valleys lifted up, a highway that is straight for the anointing to flow out, to outpour. You know, this whole week, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I just want to be empty. I don't want to be full. I know what it's like to live in this world. I know what it's like to be a druggie. I know what it's like to be perverted. I know what it's like to be lukewarm. I know what it's like because it's frustrating and it's not fun. You know, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, joy, and peace. You know, if we're not having joy and we're not having peace, we definitely don't have righteousness. You know, we've got to start saying things as it is. And that's what I had to say to myself. I always thought I was righteous by faith. Yep, I am. Meanwhile, I was doing drugs, having sex. I'm righteous by faith. And my friends would say, look at you. You're no different to, to us. Yeah, but I have Jesus. Oh, how great was my, you know, to say that's light, how great was the darkness. And that's my heart today is that, what is our heart? You know, what, what is our heart? What is in there? You know, in John 6, I, I don't know if this is 100% correct, but there's around 700 disciples at that stage. There was a, a lot. Let's just say that. There was more than 100. And he said, unless you eat my body and drink my blood you'll have no part of me. And from John 666, from that day, they no longer walked with Jesus. 
because they didn't want to have him inside. They didn't want him to permeate their cells. That was foreign, and it's foreign to us. But we've got to think, it's not Jesus, hello, it's Jesus in here. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and he's coming. I can promise you he's coming. The days are shorter, he's coming. And if you are not ready, we will miss out. Whether that's for ministry, whether that's for salvation, that's up to your heart between you and God, but he is coming, and we are to prepare ourselves. John the Baptist came, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now the kingdom of heaven is here and it is time for it to birth. It is time for it to come forth because we are desperate. We cannot live this life without Jesus permeating our souls and eating his body. It's not just a cracker and a juice. It is his bread, which is life. It's his blood. We are constantly to be in him and him in us. It's a love union, and you are to feel him. You know, I was thinking that, you know, when my wife and I dated, and we held hands for the first time, it was that touch. (sighs) She touched me. You know, it's that look back when you say goodbye. Yeah? You know? Picking you up for a date. What he's doing for us. Hey? I think I, I think Josh might have said it, steal a glance. I think that was that you? <laughs> when we're walking, and he's just that one, that the lover, the rose of Sharon, we look, oh, is he looking at us? And that's the heart. That's what we we're needing to cultivate that. We need to be pregnant with him. We need to look at him like there is nothing else. When the children of Israel camped, they camped facing towards his presence. They had their back towards the enemy. Nothing else mattered but the Ark of the Covenant. And if you looked at it, you had a cross, and this is how they camped, like that, all facing inwards, looking to Jesus. They didn't know his name yet, but they were looking at Jesus. If we do not look at him, if we do not partake of his body and drink of his blood, we have nothing. We are empty. We are blind. We're deaf. We're naked. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists and pushes away those that are pride, full of pride. You know, when when George and I got married, and the intimacy and the love union and all those things is what he wants for us. It's a marriage, guys. It's not him incorporated over there where we rub the genie in the lamp. It's Jesus and nothing else matters. I have lived a horrible existence. I have done horrible things. I am guilty and deserved of death, hell, separation, and possible jail time. There is no way a righteous king, but he did. He did it. Why would a righteous king say, not guilty, and me decide to say, yep, I'm not guilty, and keep on sinning? 
keep on resisting him. And that's the thing. That's the thing. You cannot resist when he is knocking on your door. Do not be like the Pharisees that says, I fast twice a day. I give tithes. Thank you that I'm not like the druggie, not like this. Thank you that I've got it all together. Yeah? Be like the guy that says, beats his chest. Have mercy on me. Because we all need it. Even if you are born again and on fire for God, we need his mercy still. It is not an immature thing to need his mercy. We need to feel him. I need to feel my wife. I need to know that she's there when she holds my hand, when she strokes my face, she tells me that it's all right. Okay? I need to feel Jesus like I feel my wife. He is here and he is coming. There is a fire that is coming and it is going to be devastating. I've been praying for the prophetic to be ignited because we are hungry and I'm not settling for anything less than Jesus, guys. Now, I had a big message and I don't know if I'll get there, but I need him and I know you do too. And if you guys are happy where you are, that's fine. But there is a remnant, there is a group. There are some hungry people that are desperate for the fire of God to use them because anything less is not worth it. I'm not happy to just keep doing things as per usual. Oh, there it is. There's the message. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. So, Isaiah 33. How good's the Bible, eh? You know, you know how there's different like translations. You know, you go through one and then you go through another, and it's like, wow. Anyway, I'm just hungry. Sorry. Isaiah 33:14. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who of us can dwell with devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? He who walks righteously and speaks uprightly. He who despises the gain of oppressions. Who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes. Who stops his ears from hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. We have talked about what we watch, what we put in, what we hear. It's in the Bible. He will dwell, so a person that does this through Jesus, you can't do it without him. You try and do that, nah. That's why Jesus came, so that we could live a righteous life through him. It's not that we keep on fluffing up and making constant mistakes year after year after year after year and nothing happening. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given him and his water will be sure. Who wants that? 
I do. I want more. I want that. I want to line my life up with him. What does he say? What does he say to do? Let's do it. I don't want to keep talking about in my own personal life. I talk this out of experience because I was frustrated for five, six years thinking I was this, thinking I was that, but nothing happening. He never showed up the way it was always like, no, no, mountain's got to be brought low, valley's lifted up, speak to the mountain. Addiction, you've got to go in Jesus' name. I will praise the Lord in the valley. Where the life is falling apart, I will lift my praise. Yeah? Hallelujah. Jesus. You know, I got a picture this week of um, something really interesting. And Josh and I were doing a bit of landscaping around... um, the swimming pool. I wasn't doing much, but um, I was shoveling concrete. And that was hard. I must say, I was really tired the next day. And um, anyway, the Lord spoke to me about it. You know, that truck was coming. That, we had a big concrete, five cubic meters of concrete that was coming. And it was a bit of rain, so we weren't quite sure if we were, he was, you know, should we cancel, whatever. But once Josh made the call, now please hear me in the spirit. Once Josh made the call, that concrete truck was coming and there was a price that was paid. Whether we used it or not, that had to be charged out. It was coming. You could send it back, but you're still going to be charged that. Hello? Yeah? Now, what, what Josh had to do before the concrete come truck came was form everything up. I'd never seen it before properly, but we had to, he had to get all these um, bits and bobs, box it all in. What's it called? Boxing, yeah. (laughs) Had to lay it all down, had to lift the the iron up so the concrete could get underneath it. He had to, and he was, he was wrecked. He was sitting there and he was, he was destroyed because he prepared for the concrete to come. He was wrecked. I saw him the next day and he was trashed. It wasn't a pretty, it wasn't sort of like happy, happy Josh. It was, oh, my back, cutting all that iron, you know, but he was wrecked. Hello. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit was showing me that uh, when you call for the fire, when you call for it, it's like the truck coming. He's coming. But if you have not spent the time getting your form work prepared in your heart, you desire your own things, what does he want? Get rid of the pride. Get rid of the, the stuff that you want. Who cares? We want Jesus and nothing else. Nothing else matters. Hello? We try to satisfy ourselves with entertainment. Yes, eh? We satisfy with what? Football. And it's rubbish now. You can't even watch it. It's rubbish. Cricket. It's all rubbish. Everything's rubbish. Nothing else satisfies but Jesus. So the more you empty, the more he fills. The lower you go, 
the more he will exude of himself. And that's what I want. That's my heart. So as that concrete truck came, and he was coming. So the Holy Spirit's coming. That fire, like he's here, I get it. Don't talk to me about that. He's here, but the fire, the evidence of the glory, the habitat. I want to be a habitation. He can't habitate on unholiness. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, and we are to rid ourselves of things that are not holy. Pride, evil speaking. I think Tim mentioned jesting last week. My gosh, who was challenged with jesting this week? I actually really was. I'd never, you know, I'd never really thought about it. And George is like, "You're jesting, Jace." I'm like, "I'm like, no, I'm not." Yes, you are. I'm like, whatever. Oh, Jesus, you're amazing. You know, unless we have our hearts prepared, we'll go around the mountain again. And He's so gracious. And he'll let us go around that mountain and we'll do it again and again until six years have gone past and we'll do it again until we decide that he's enough. Is he enough? Is he? We don't need anything else. You know, we come with hungry hearts. We say to we say to the Lord, I'm hungry. I want to eat of your bread. I want to drink of your blood. I receive you into my life. And now I pursue you with all that I have. And I line myself up with what your word says. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, yeah, I'll go there. Isaiah 58. Mm. Have you guys read Isaiah? I just read it. Far out. Thank you, Jesus. We need your presence. Without you, I'm nothing. Without you, we're nothing. We need you. If you don't come, we're nothing. Cry aloud, spare not. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of God. They ask me of the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. They say, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? These people were talking, they're trying to do all the right things. Why aren't you looking at us, God? Why have we afflicted our souls? And you don't seem to notice. In fact, in the day of your fast, you find your pleasure. You exploit your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist to wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush? to spread out sackcloth and ashes, repentance, yeah? Would you call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens and let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke 
Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh, then your light shall break forth like the morning, your healing. So he's basically saying, you desire what God wants, then your light shall break forth. Like the morning, your healing, who needs healing, shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Oh, Jesus, we need that. And you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. I want that. I want the Lord to say, here am I. Who hears that in the spirit? Does anyone hear that? Because if you don't, we need to. If you, if you don't, honest, be honest with yourself. And this is what I'm really hungry for, is it be honest with where you're at. It's okay if you're not. It is okay. He loves you. He wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to hug you. He wants to embrace you. But if you keep resisting, he won't. You keep pushing him away, he won't come in. You know, I like to bring a lot of things back to marriage because, you know, Paul says that our relationship's a bit of a mystery. And, you know, without my wife talking to me, imagine if she didn't talk to me. Imagine if she didn't lift me up. Imagine if she didn't go to hold my hand. Imagine if she didn't embrace me. Imagine if we were just, oh, yep, been married, whatever, keep doing our own separate things. We're still married, still going the same way, but it's lifeless. It's not fulfilling. Am I going anywhere today? Am I? Because I, I, I will sit down if I'm not. I really, I really will because I, I want him and I want people to know him, a tangible God. He's here to touch us. He's not here to sort of just say, do this, do that. He wants to touch. He wants to exude his glory through us. How can we be a light to the nations if, if we ourselves are walking around dumb and blind? We're deaf to him because we won't open our ears to see what he says for us to do. I have put pressure on myself to turn my eyes from looking at evil. I'm trying to line, line myself up. Jesus, help me. And this is how you do it. I'm empty. I don't know what to do. Take this away. I look to you, Jesus. And you just go through your day. I look to you, Jesus. Jesus. Do you talk to him every day? Every minute? Yeah? How can you not? Like that, this is the life of the believer. We are not people that come on Sunday, have a bit of a tickle, and wondering why our lives are still the same. We need his presence. We need to be able to hear him. We need to be able to feel him. Because without his church on earth, he cannot touch lives. He needs a holy people that are separated unto himself for the works that he has for us. We want him to do stuff, but we need to separate ourselves 
Walk away from the lusts of the flesh. What are you producing in our lives? I looked at my life. Outbursts of anger. That's a fruit of the flesh. Just me, really. <laughs> Thanks, baby. So when the father takes a bite of my, I look at myself as an apple. Oh, yeah, it tastes all right, but yeah, a bit of that outburst of anger needs to go. Put pressure on it. You yourself, put pressure. Watch yourself. Catch yourself out. Really put some acid. Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Where are we individually in our walks with the Lord? Because if it says, you know, back in Isaiah 33, we'll be able to contain the fire. And who wants that? Yeah, that's about right. Thank you, Lord. I don't want to resist you. I don't want to resist the Lord. I want to be open to hear his voice. I want to know what to do when decisions need to be made. I don't want to be caught off guard in these last days. Yeah? Thank you, Jesus. Who struggles with pride? Oh, I know there's a lot more than that. <laughs> I do. I would sit here at church and go, I don't need anyone to pray for me. I don't need that. I don't need anyone. I've got my close group of friends. I've just got Jesus. You know, this is becoming more relevant of the altar. I mean, Josh talked about it. Whoops. That this place is an altar pouring out, let's pour out what stuff is holding us back. I know pride's the biggest thing because he'll resist you and there's nothing you can do about it. The only thing you can do about it is go low, be humble, invite the Holy Spirit to put the little acid on that spot and open yourself up. Does that make sense? Let him speak to that spot that you hide because those hidden spots will stop us from carrying his fire. He'll, he's gracious and he's loving and that's okay. But for those who want the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is prophesied in these last days, the latter rain's coming. And if you don't believe it, that's fine. But he is coming. The fire of God is coming. And if you do not get those hearts aligned with what he says, we will end up missing it. You know, if the worship team could just come up, that'd be cool. I need him, guys. I come to you broken and empty because I don't have anything. Honestly, I don't even know if this is getting through. I need God. And if you think you don't, then that's where you're at and that's why nothing will happen. We need him. We need him to come. We need him to come and dwell in our hearts. Fiery. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come.
We worship you. We worship you, Lord. You are so wonderful. You have given us all things through your Son. That name Jesus, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Pride will bow its knee. You will have to bow before Jesus. I'm bowing now. I'm choosing to bow now. I want to go low now. You know, Jesus said, don't sit yourself at a high table where someone greater than you might come and you'll have to go down. Take the back seat. Go low. Be happy when you suffer for the gospel's sake. Be happy when someone smacks you around a little bit. We are a forgiving people. We have been forgiven much, so we forgive much. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, he will not come. You need to lay it. He says, leave it at the alt- Leave your gift at the altar and go and make restitution. So if, you, if you're coming to him and saying, God, yeah, come through, but you have unforgiveness in your heart, whoop, we have been forgiven much, so we must forgive much. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to live this life without him. He needs to be the very cells. He needs to be the blood, needs to be the bread that I eat. And if he's not, then what's the point? I want the fire of God. I want his anointing. I want him to talk to me. Who struggles hearing his voice? Be honest. He wants to speak. Let's lay down all pride, anything, unforgiveness. Just forgive everyone you've been perpetrated against. We need to release him so we can hear what heaven's saying. We can't hold on to stuff anymore. The way our parents treated us, the way we treated people. He paid a hefty price so we don't have to walk with the guilt, the shame, the condemnation. If you beat yourself up for being divorced, if you beat yourself up, for always blowing up at your kids and you don't know how to stop. We release it at the feet of Jesus. We ask for forgiveness because in these days we need to hear his voice so clearly, church, because he loves us. The voice of strangers we don't follow. So if anyone, you know, while we jump into worship, anyone just wants to lay stuff and receive forgiveness come up let's get our hearts right so this this river can flow i don't want a beaver damming up my river i want my river to flow because it brings joy and gladness to the nations you know you don't want no beaver cutting down a, a tree in front of your, your spring this life is to be joyful This life is meant to be filled with wonder at his hands because that's where we see the trueness of our loving God. When we see people's lives getting transformed by his power, that's that's bread for us. We're crazy people. We're fools for Christ. (laughs) I pray that we get a bit more nuts and we allow him to be all. So anyone that has 
wants to lay down pride, unforgiveness, to release your heart, there is an anointing for that today. Yeah. Honestly, there is. If you want to lay down any stuff that's holding you back, you can release it to the Father now, but you must take a step of faith. You've got to step out and release it to his feet. Don't be like the children of Israel that what should have taken a six-day journey took 40 years and they all died and their kids entered in. Hallelujah. Holy, just invite you, Holy Spirit. Come, have your way. Jace was sharing, I just, um, uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 4, just keep coming back to me. I, I won't read it now. Go home and read Isaiah chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 4 speaks of a time where there had been a war in the land and there was, there was a lot of women, but there wasn't many men because the men had died in battle. And there was a group of women that came to the men and said, we need your name. Because it's a disgrace not to. We need your name. But we don't need your food. We don't need your clothes. We don't need your provision. We don't need anything. We just need your name. Hallelujah. And then it says in verses 2 onwards, it talks about, but in that day the branch of the Lord will be glorious. And I believe when Jason's speaking about the fire, he's speaking about the glory, he's speaking about the coming of God. There was a prophecy 25 years ago or more now that spoke that in the end times that there would be two churches or two types of churches. There'd be a church that would just be controlled by the government, that would just be just doing the religious thing, and there would be a church that would be the people of God, set apart for God, a remnant of Christ in these last days, the people that would stand and be salt and light and His glory would manifest in and through. And I don't know about you, but I think that relates to Isaiah chapter 4. We don't want to be a people that say, Jesus, we just want your name, but we don't need your food, we don't need your clothes, we don't need anything else. We just want to take on your name. We just want to be known as a Christian. We yeah. want to be the branch of the Lord. Hallelujah. That is glorious. Yeah. And on fire. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. Is there an amen? Amen. So come and respond to the Lord today. If there's anything, I think we've all got something. Lay it at your I think we all got something. For me, this morning, I've, I've, I've been convicted that I've stepped back in my prophetic gifting. <laughs> that I've allowed the opinions of man to speak too loud. And I haven't released some prophecies that I should have released. I haven't spoken some things that I need to speak. That's me. What have you got today? So we're going to sing a blessing over you. And let the Holy Spirit minister to you.